This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is Thursday, the 13th of February, 2020. This is episode 199 of Bitcoin and... Let's start out with a little bit of uh, <laughs> let's start out with a little bit of community news. Uh, I had, I think it was on Wednesday, had told you guys about C or Citadel Twenty One. Uh, CTDL Two One is the uh, Twitter handle, so that'd be at CTDL Two One on Twitter to get a hold of it, and uh, had either you had gone through kind of the fact that it was a little cryptic. As to what it is that they wanted, um, if you don't remember, it is a cultural zine that has been uh, put together by some folks, um, and they're asking for submissions. And they're, the website, uh, I think it's, I can't remember what it is. Hold on for a second. I will find out. Yeah, it is uh, citadel21.com. The homepage says the world is chaotic. Chaos is the ultimate state of the universe, as well as order. Citadel 21 explores the chaos that becomes a new order. That's all the homepage says. Right. Okay. So now on their about, it says Citadel 21 is a Bitcoin cultural zine. Bitcoin culture is rich and varied. It contains a multitude of voices, opinions, and flavors together. They form what is seemingly chaos, but with an abundance of signal. Citadel 21 aims to curate this chaos and put some of the best, coolest, and weirdest pieces of raw signal on display. We're accepting submissions. If you wish to contribute, drop us a line and we'll get in touch to pull nuggets of high signal meow out of the space. And at the time that, so that, that's, you know, what this whole thing is. So at the time, okay, I had no clue who this was. However, I should have known by the meow. That's right, guys. This is Hodelanot. And by the way, uh, let me get into this because I, once I found out that it was Hodelanot, uh, obviously I reached out to him through DM and he said that I can say a few more things about this. Um, in fact, it was, let's see here. It is him and Bitcoin Katya that are that are putting this together. So at Bitcoin K-A-T-I-A is the other person that is involved alongside everybody's favorite space cat. So um he asked me on DM if if I would like to contribute something. So here's here was my response. I'd love to. It'd be helpful if I knew more about your format. It's a zine, so I'm assuming articles, but how long? Would there be audio formats? Would infographic-based articles be acceptable? Also, content. You say cultural, but can you give me some examples of what you have in mind for themes, etc.? So he writes back and he says, uh, it can be literally any length from tweet-sized to long, in-depth stuff. 
audio, video, pictures, drawings, any form of art, infographics-based articles are definitely acceptable. We want to embrace a broad sample of possible content. It only needs to be authentic. And then uh, he also goes on to say, I'd prefer not to give examples. Whatever spark or ideas lurk within you is what we want. Um, so I asked him, obviously, I asked him if it was okay to talk about this on the pod. And he said, yes, that was fine. And I wanted to bring this to light because this could be pretty cool. Um, a long time ago in the 90s, and I'm talking early 90s, 93, 92, 94, somewhere around there, I had this idea when the world, when the web, the world, at, people were literally calling it the World Wide Web at the time. Uh, internet was a term that was starting to be used, but mm, eh, to tell you the truth, brothers and sisters, it was actually, it was, everybody was looking at it as the World Wide Web because of the WWW thing. Um, at the time, I had this idea where the uh, user of a browser would be able to tag certain articles and uh, keep those sort of like, like kind of like where another service or a, a service that you subscribe to was looking at that, your tags, and then they would, at the end of the month, convert everything that you tagged into a magazine that they printed and sent to you. Because especially at the time and still to this day, I like having something in my hands to read. So I was thinking it would be great if there was some way to automate and make it to where it wasn't because you could person, obviously each one of these would be personalized, right? Um, your user experience and what you wanted to have, like all the articles that you tagged that you wanted to read later bound in a magazine would be different than mine. So the real problem was how the hell do you print a single magazine every single time for all these people? I also had the idea of including like, you know, what kind of art did I want to see and, and say like, you know, I want a Monet theme. And then all of a sudden the, the whole magazine would just drop on my doorstep with all the articles that I wanted interspersed with, you know, little captions of Monet art or something like that. It's still a little ridiculous, but hey, you know, I was young. What the hell are you going to do? Well, Citadel 21, in a way, may very well offer that. Yeah, clearly this is being offered kind of in a way now, but as far as Bitcoin goes, this could be cool. Um, so if you guys have like something that you want to write, you don't, for whatever reason, you look at Medium and go, oh, I don't want to do a Medium article or, oh, I don't want to do a y'all's, you know, a y'all's article or I, I don't want to do, you know, I, I have something that I want to do, but it doesn't really fit into anything that I've seen so far. Give Citadel 21 a shot. So go over to Citadel 21, go to their about page. It's citadel21.com. Go over to the about page. There you will find a place where you can put in your email. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to build an email list. Hey, dude, fine. That's cool. Okay. But uh, once, you know, once you actually submit your interest in, in to there, then um, you will start that, that whole road of developing a, uh, a relationship with these people and maybe like one minute videos or one minute, you know, like little podcast or little pieces of art. And God only knows what Space Cat and Bitcoin Katya are going to do with this stuff. But it's worth watching because, well, dude, it, it's hold or not. 
you know, it probably is, is going to be something interesting. Usually everything that, that him and his crew, uh, thinks up generally speaking has a tendency to, uh, to be fairly interesting. Anyway, that actually is going to do it for community news. Right, I'm going to break up the uh, the normal pattern of the show here to just to try something different. Let's get right in, right on into some of the morning stuff. Whoa, Bloomberg.com's Saliha Motion or Mosin is writing uh, sometime yesterday for Bloomberg.com says Mnuchin says United States planning cryptocurrency rules on transparency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel the same way because it's probably going to be crap. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin said Wednesday, the U.S. soon will announce new regulations related to cryptocurrency and digital payment systems. Mnuchin told a Senate Finance Committee hearing that the department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network is preparing rules that will improve transparency and prevent cryptocurrencies from being used as secret bank accounts. Quote, we will be rolling out new regulations to be very clear Yeah, that comes back to bite a little bit later on. On greater transparency so that law enforcement can see where the money is going and that it isn't being used for money laundering, Mnuchin said. The Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN, works to prevent money laundering, terrorist financing, and other financial crimes. Mnuchin also said that he and the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell do not think the United States needs to consider Central bank issued digital currency, though it's something they could consider again down the road. What, after you kick the can? I just, because that's all you do is kick the can down the road. Speaking earlier Wednesday to the Senate Banking Committee, Powell said, quote, every major central bank in the world right now is doing a deep dive on digital currencies, and it's the Fed's responsibility to be at the forefront of that thinking. So, okay, well... There's there's that, but along with the reports that are or the report and whatnot that's floating around this this tax thing that basically came to the fore yesterday, we have Jerry Brito. Uh, he has a tweet out that's kind of re- that's very relevant to this. It says, "Here's the thing that makes me go hmm." Short thread: Tens of millions of American taxpayers will have to answer question one. On the 2019-1040 form, quote, at any time during 2019, did you receive, sell, send, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency, end quote. White Rabbit, or at White Rabbit BTC, wrote back with something fairly interesting here that starts the kind of a, a cascade effect. He says, I went to Austin last week and had to buy $10 of Austin's virtual currency to pay for parking. Does that also constitute as a virtual currency I need to declare on my 1040s? How about my Starbucks card that has a virtual currency I exchanged fiat for as well? Well, that's a really damn good question now, isn't it? Let's let's continue on before we, we dive into that a little bit more. Um, this is another one concerning the, this whole tax thing. The IRS does not consider Fortnite money as virtual currency after all. This is written by Andre Shevenko for Cointelegraph sometime this morning. 
the Internal Revenue Service removed wording on its website that put game currencies as examples of convertible virtual currency. This clarification is important as a new tax filing requirement obliges taxpayers to report whether they dealt with virtual currencies. The move was first reported by Bloomberg Tax on February the 13th. Official guidelines on the IRS website indicates Fortnite's V-Bucks and Roblox's Robux as examples of virtual currencies. A screenshot captured by Bloomberg Tax shows a fairly detailed explanation of the concept, even mentioning the blockchain alternatives such as directed acyclic graph. <laughs> okay. What is virtual currency? This is the screenshot. This is it, it, so the heading for this thing is what is virtual currency? Virtual currency is a digital representation of value that functions as a medium of exchange, a unit of account, and or a store of value. In some environments, it operates like real currency, i.e. the coin and paper money of the United States or of any other country that is designated as legal tender, circulates, and is customarily used and accepted as a medium of exchange in the country of issuance. But it does not have legal tender status in the United States cryptocurrency or in the United States cryptocurrency is a type of virtual currency that utilizes cryptography to secure transactions that are digitally recorded on a distributed ledger, such as a blockchain, DAG, or Tempo, whatever the hell that is. Virtual currency that has an equivalent value in real currency or that acts as a substitute for real currency is referred to as convertible virtual currency. Bitcoin, Ether, Roblox, and V-Bucks are a few examples of convertible virtual currency. Virtual currencies can be digitally traded between users and can be purchased for or exchanged into U.S. dollars, euros, and any other real or virtual currencies. The IR Okay, that's the end of the screenshot. The IRS definition of a virtual currency hinges on its ability to operate like real currency, which means that it needs to be freely transferable between users and easy to exchange for fiat currency. Spokesman from Epic Games, Fortnite's publisher, told Bloomberg that none of these apply to the game's currencies. Quote, V-Bucks cannot be digitally traded between users, nor can they be exchanged into United States dollars, euros, and any other real or virtual currencies. Roblox representatives voiced a similar stance, noting, however, that Robux can be exchanged for fiat money under specific circumstances. The transaction is automatically submitted to the IRS, the company added. The revised guidelines only mention BTC, striking off a previously existing reference to Ether, which should fall under the definition. The United States Tax Enforcement Agency has recently made a strong move in its efforts to curb perceived tax evasion facilitated by crypto. Form 1040 now features a straightforward question at any time during 2010, did you receive, sell, send, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency? Uh, categorizing gay money as a virtual currency would have led to millions of people having to answer yes to this question. There are generally few profits to be made from owning game currencies, however. Given that lying on the form can cost up to $250,000 in fines, this measure was likely introduced to force cryptocurrency users to go through the effort of reporting their gains. I wish they had spelled that with a Z. Doing so is likely to be quite complicated. For example, each crypto-to-crypto exchange is considered a taxable event that has to be reported, though some hope that these fall under the definition of a like-kind exchange an IRS official denied this. This definition would have meant that cryptocurrency gains are only taxed when converting to fiat, uh, to fiat currency. 
Cryptocurrency taxation remains an unclear subject, with worldwide regulators having widely diverging approaches. As an example, France does not tax crypto-to-crypto transactions. A new bill recently proposed in the United States Congress could ease the use of crypto for payments by exempting low-value transactions from tax returns. That's that minimum or minimus or whatever the hell they call that, it, and w- which would be cool because this thing is just honestly to be 100% fair and above board. This shit is like a freaking nightmare. However, you know, we'll have to navigate through this because the war on this stuff is heating up. Uh, it can't basically, it, it cannot be denied. And here's where it starts to get even more sticky. The IRS refused to clarify that its crypto tax guidance isn't binding, U.S. Watchdog says. This article is by Coindesk's Nicholas Day. He writes this sometime yesterday. The Internal Revenue Service should, but won't, clarify how taxes are levied on cryptocurrencies and cryptocurrency transactions in the United States, the government's top auditing institution said Wednesday. The Government Accountability Office, the GAO, a U.S. Congress watchdog, published a report in response to a request from Representative Kevin Brady of Texas evaluating the IRS's existing approach and public guidance surrounding cryptocurrencies. The office had three recommendations for the United States tax collector as well as an additional related recommendation for the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, a bureau of the United States Treasury Department, notably... One of its recommendations was to clarify that some of the IRS's recent guidance is not binding or authoritative, and the agency rejected this recommendation. Quote, part of the 2019 guidance is not authoritative because it was not published in the Internal Revenue Bulletin. IRS has stated that only guidance published in the IRB is IRS's authoritative interpretation of the law. IRS did not make clear to taxpayers that this part of the guidance is not authoritative and is subject to change, the report said. Wednesday's GAO report was reported earlier by Bloomberg Tax. And then there's a a link to that whole thing if you want to read it. Uh, The IRS's 2019 guidance answered some questions around the tax treatment of cryptocurrencies, but prompted new concerns among virtual currency stakeholders, the report said. Complying with tax requirements may be difficult in the GAO report suspects that trading activity may be underreported due to a lack of clarity around what should be reported. Yeah, it gets murky, doesn't it, guys? A further complication uh, comes from foreign account reporting requirements, the GAO said. Specifically, it is unclear whether foreign bank account reporting requirements under the Bank Secrecy Act and Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act reports apply to cryptocurrencies. Indeed, even the wording around cryptocurrencies is vague. The IRS and other elements of the federal government have been referring to cryptocurrencies as virtual currencies, but as noted by Coin Center's Jerry Brito, the term can also refer to digital monies used in video games. And we just covered that. The term convertible virtual currency may be more specifically refer to cryptocurrencies and has appeared in White House publications and IRS documentation, though not is 2019 frequently asked questions. Interesting. The GAO recommends that the IRS add a note saying its 2019 FAQs are not binding guidance, clarify third-party recording re- reporting requirements, and clarify the reporting requirements around FATCA. 
The GAO also recommended that FinCEN, in coordination with the IRS, share more information about applying foreign account reporting requirements under the BSA. The IRS agreed with the second recommendation, but disagreed with the first and third, the GAO report said. FinCEN also agreed to share more information. Quote, we continue to believe that including such a statement would provide more transparency and help taxpayers understand the nature of the information provided in the FAQs, the GAO said. Read the full report below, and you can do that if you want to. But I think the meat and potatoes are becoming fairly clear that the water is really murky. In fact, it's so damn murky (laughs) that an entire black market financial system is destined to be born out of this. And if they think that black market shit is going on, that's going on right now is, uh, I don't know, somehow dangerous to them. They have no idea what happens when an entire financial system goes underground. They don't even know. I don't know what it looks like. You don't know what it looks like. And I'll give you, I'll shit you not. Government officials all over the world have no idea what a black market financial system looks like. I mean, not, on, not at scale. I mean, maybe within a certain country, I could see it. Maybe black markets talk to each other across borders, but not like we, have the, we would have the ability to do today with Bitcoin. Keep that shit in mind because this is, this may, I don't know. I was about to say this may be what causes a world revolution. My father always used to tell me that the world was right for not just a civil war or a revolution or but like on a country per country basis as much as it's ready for a full blown all countries involved world revolution it may happen honestly i i would rather not see it but it's probably i don't know in my opinion i don't see i don't see how we're going to get out of it um unless we just keep kicking the can down the road but how long can you do that Honestly, how long can you do that? Hell, even Marty Bent is saying, if you haven't noticed, the government has woken up and seems to be scared of Bitcoin. The battle for liberty in the digital age is upon us. They are about to attack it from every angle. Are you willing to fight? I don't know. That's a good question. Mart, are, are, am I? Are you guys? Is Marty? What does that fight look like? Let's be very, very clear as to what, what does that fight look like? Clarify that question. Dive into it. It's worth spending the time on because honestly, I'm sick of this system. And I know most of you guys are sick of this system. We have a new system that is being birthed right before our eyes. You're going to let the doctor just open up the umbilical cord and let it bleed out? Honestly, I don't think they can, but they're going to try. And it's going to suck. It just is. And... You know, I don't mean to be a doomsayer about it, but it's, it's, we, we got to watch this stuff because if we don't and we get caught off guard, uh, we could lose it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying we could, we could lose it. That's going to do it for this portion of Morning Roundup. Honestly, guys, I don't mean to be so damn somber about it, but it's just, well, let's, 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 
let's break up this sombriety with a little bit of lawyers of guns and money because God knows we may need it. Meatloaf, tell us what you think.
right. Vital statistics. Uh, we have Bitcoin at 10,274.57. Our low, well, let's look our, for our high first. Our high is actually going to be a hell of a high. Bit assets still listing it at 10,428. The low looks like it's going to be over at CoinsBit at $10,233. 350,000 transactions have been made in the last 24 hours. 14,600 transactions are being made per average on hour. 1.16 million BTC have been sent in that period. And almost 50,000 BTC are being sent per hour every hour on average. The average transaction value is 3.33. The median transaction value is 0 0.038 BTC, about 400 bucks. In fact, that's a little high. 10 million, oh, 10 million, good God. 10 minutes and 17 seconds is the block time, people. Man, I'm having a hell of a time today. 0.28 BTC are being uh, rewarded, are taken in fees on a per block basis, while almost 40 BTC have been taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. We've had a 5.98% drop in hash rate, bringing us down to 105 exahashes per second. The last time somebody didn't do anything to develop Bitcoin was sometime this morning. Uh, that's according to GitHub. Ethereum is at 271. Bcash is at 473. BSV is at 360. Litecoin is at $81, people. Ethereum Classic is below 12 at $11.96. Dogecoin holding it together at 0.0031. And it is on the bottom of the pile for transaction volume as of right now. It looks like now my node, let me just refresh this just to make damn sure what my node is telling me. Okay, my node's hash rate is listed as ooh, 107 exahashes per second. Uh, mempool's pretty stacked. It's about 40 megabytes representing 26,132 unconfirmed transactions. All the blocks are full. Lightning, we have 11,486 nodes in total, 35,800 channels in total. We have 874 Bitcoin in the, in the network, and that gives us about $9 million of liquidity at present prices. We have 11 new nodes that came online in the last 24 hours, and 147 new channels just got birthed over the last 24 hours. That, however, according to this, represents a 40% drop in the number of new channels coming online on a day-over-day -day basis. That's going to do it for Vitals. All right, let's get out of the whole tax thing and into some other stuff. Full transparency, not ideal for cryptocurrency, says, guess who? Chain analysis exec. Yeah, this is Helen Parks writing for Cointelegraph. No, yeah, Cointelegraph two hours ago. A major global company that helps, helps fight illicit cryptocurrency-related activity does not think that privacy in crypto markets is necessarily bad. Wait, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. Despite representing one of the primary sources of crypto transaction data for federal agencies, like the Internal Revenue Service and the FBI, Chainalysis did not, does not exactly oppose the privacy and decentralization of crypto. Quote, complete transparency is not necessarily an ideal place, end quote. 
this is very weird. Jonathan Levin, co-founder and CSO at blockchain and crypto analytics firm Chainalysis, reiterated his stance to privacy in crypto, claiming that full transparency of cryptocurrency transactions might not turn out to be the best situation. Speaking in an interview with Cointelegraph, Levin noted that there is still a need to support the ability of regulators and businesses to monitor illicit activity related to crypto, stating, quote, there will be the the invention of privacy-enhancing technology. Complete transparency is not necessarily an ideal place to be either, but ultimately there needs to be the ability for regulators and businesses with the appropriate levels of legal authority and oversight to tackle the illicit abuse activity that abuses the systems, of course, because we all suck. Speaking to Cointelegraph in January, Levin previously outlined the issue of privacy and transparency extremes, quote, the two extremes of total anonymity and complete transparency are bad, bad, so bad. Complete anonymity opens the door to illicit activity that, by definition, cannot be investigated. That's not a world you want to live in. (laughs) How do you know what world I want to live in, dick? On the other hand, complete transparency means no privacy at all. That's also not a world you want to live in. Again, how do you know what kind of world I want to live in? You don't get to tell me a damn thing even if it's correct. I don't know. (laughs) While Levin appears to support the privacy in crypto in some sense, the Chainalysis co-founder admitted that the company is not yet able to fully trace privacy-focused cryptocurrencies. Quote, we may not necessarily be able to track all of the funds in privacy coins, but we still perform research on what they are used for. We sometimes find ways to be able to trace some of that. End quote. Levin pointed out that the majority of cryptocurrency transactions are conducted on more publicly tradable or traceable blockchains like Bitcoin and Ethereum so far. However, some crypto security firms like Elliptic believe that privacy coins like Monero and Dash are still gaining steady traction and usability despite Bitcoin transactions dominating on the dark market. Oh my God. Originally set up in Denmark in 2013, Chainalysis is a New York-based provider of New York transaction and anti-money laundering solutions for financial institutions and regulators in the crypto industry. The company has emerged as one of the most trusted sources of analytical data on global illicit activity in crypto, such as terrorism, financing, money laundering, and operations on dark net markets. According to Levin, the firm is working with 250 agencies and firms worldwide to date with its services services coverage spanning across 45 countries. God. On February the 12th, Chainalysis partner with, partnered with major U.S. dollar peg stablecoin project Tether to identify high-risk transactions occurring on its network. Yeah, I talked about that yesterday. Dude, people like this are just, I'm, I'm sorry, they're just scum. However, with that being said, how do you expect this not to occur? The, the governments are flush with money because they can print it at will. They're going to hire firms at exorbitant amounts of cash to be able to do this type of thing for them. So this is just part of the ecosystem. I, I don't like these people, but it's sort of like how, you know, predators, predators are, are in the wild for a reason. Okay. It's not like, in, in, if you're a rancher, you hate coyotes, you hate them. Wolves, shit like that, can't stand them because they 
they they eat your shit, right? But they don't eat all of it. And they're kind of necessary to do herding and whatnot like that. And I won't get into that. that that's a completely different uh, ecological system that I might get into, you know, one of these days. But it's not not for here. I'm just saying that if you're part of an ecosystem, you can't have it just be one way. It has to have pushback from the other direction. However, that does not mean that Jonathan Levin isn't a fucking scumbag. I don't like the guy. Ethereum. Rival Nervous announces first recipients of $30 million grant. You guys are going to have fun with this one. It's actually, I, it's, I think it's actually supposed to be pronounced Nervos, N-E-R-V-O-S, but I'm just going to say Nervous. We'll spend the first $250,000 on building the infrastructure of its, get this, two-tiered blockchain network. Sell, sell, sell. Yeah, Jim, I I agree with you. That Jim Cramer there, people. When the Nervous Network, a new two-tiered Ethereum competitor that relies on a proof-of-work blockchain, raised $72 million in a token sale, a huge chunk of the money was reserved for network development. Nervous values its development grant pot at $30 million. It's made up of the cash it raised from the token sale. Its token is called the common knowledge bite, as well as some of the money from the market. Quote, it's actually not really that much money, Ben Waters, Nervous's head of operations, told Decrypt. Considering the company's plan to build up the network over the next five or ten years, it's a good raise, he said, but we definitely think we need to be very efficient with how we use the capital. Well, duh. Today, Nervous announced the first two recipients of the money. They'll build some of the infrastructure for the Nervous Network. The first, Suma, a small blockchain company in San Francisco, will get $75,000 to build a set of open source libraries that will make Nervous interoperable with, get this, the Bitcoin network. James Prestwich, co-founder of Suma, told Decrypt he first learned of Nervous in early 2019 and that he was impressed by its innovative state model, whatever the hell that is. Well, I guess we'll find out later on. Nervous gave the second recipient, Obsidian Labs, also based in San Francisco, $180,000 to develop a graphic IDE for developers building on Nervous. It'll make it easier for companies to build on Nervous, Rose Wren, co-founder of Obsidian Labs, told Decrypt. Quote, With the Nervous IDE, developers will be able to read a simple tutorial on Medium and spend their time building rather than learning a new language, she said. The Nervous Network is a two-tiered blockchain network. On the base layer, guys, listen closely to this and tell me if this doesn't sound very familiar. On the base layer, a proof-of-work consensus mechanism confirms important transactions. On the top layer, developers can build applications with unlimited scalability, claims Nervous. Nervous is underpinned by the CKB token, which users can pledge in exchange for state storage space on the base layer of the network. Now I'm going to pause right there to tell you what it sounds like to me. It sounds like Bitcoin. A proof of work on the base chain and lightning network over the top of it. All they're doing is repackaging what we already have and saying, maybe, they haven't said it in in this article, but maybe one of these days they'll go, and we're better than Bitcoin. No. No, you're not. (laughs) 
I'm telling you, man, I'm getting to the point where I just want to laser sword the living crap out of everybody here. I, I'll, you know, just slice and dice them because this is, this has been out of hand, but this one is just obvious repackaging. Now, the only nugget in here that is even remotely cool is the fact that they state that they're building it to be interoperable with the Bitcoin network. But again, we already have all this. We're very, I mean, Lightning Network is very, very far along. Yes, it has its problems, but I, they're talking about development of the next five to 10 years. Where the hell is Lightning going to be in five to 10 years? Honestly, you don't need this shit. You just don't. But we'll continue. Given its reliance on proof of work and Ethereum's move towards proof of stake, Waters said that nervous is for people who think that proof of work is the correct consensus algorithm and the only real consensus algorithm that can deliver decentralization. I pause again. I do believe that this gentleman is playing on the the notions of Bitcoiners to get this thing pushed through. I don't buy it. I don't think you should buy it, but hey, it hey, if you want to buy it, bro, go, your biz, your money, your business. But apparently it's popular in China. The team's roots are in China's crypto space. The core development team is based out of Hangzhou and it's raised money from China, Merchants Bank International, the international arm of the major Chinese bank. In around six to 12 months, Nervous will open grants for decentralized applications and use cases, said Waters. These two grants are a precursor to a more advanced stage of development. So I don't know, man. It, it really does sound like they're repackaging Bitcoin and the Lightning Network together and somehow or another want to collect up all the people out of Ethereum and out of Bitcoin and throw them into their shit. Honestly, for me, this is just nothing but repackaging and marketing. That's all this is. I just think it's kind of dumb, but hey, hey, what what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? Uh, this one is by Benjamin Pierce from Cointelegraph. He wrote this sometime yesterday afternoon. Six out of Forbes' top fintech companies for 2020 are in blockchain. Forbes released its fintech 50 list this week which included six blockchain companies among the media outlets compilation of top financial technology companies. Carrying a blockchain and Bitcoin category tag, Forbes listed Axani, Chainalysis, Coinbase, Everledger, MakerDAO, and Ripple. Ripple. Sell, sell, sell. Ripple. Sell, sell, sell. That's right, Kramer. Get rid of that shit. Uh, other contenders on the list included a company or companies such as Plaid, Open Door, and Lemonade, categorized under payments, real estate, and insurance, respectively. Spanning an array of categories within fintech, Forbes composed its 2020 list alphabetically. Among the six blockchain and crypto-related categories, crypto exchange powerhouse Coinbase touted the most funding at $525 million, Ripple came in second place at $293 million. Everledger posted the smallest funding base among listed crypto firms at $20 million. Forbes noted three similarities for the fintech company or 50 fintech companies listed regarding shareholding location and services. Quote, a couple of things all of our fintech 50, 50, 20, 20 picks have in common. They're private companies with operations or customers in the United States, and they're making it easier, faster, and cheaper to use financial services, the media outlet explained. Of the 50 business list, businesses listed, 48 called the United States home. The two remaining fintech players are based in London, 
and the UK. So what do I got to say about this? Actually, the only thing that I really have to say about this is why the hell did they put this spanning an array of categories within FinTech? Forbes composed its 2020 list alphabetically. Seriously, they actually write this in the article. And that's all they, there, there's a whole section in here. It says the section's called listed alphabetically. What? I'm not a librarian. I don't give a shit. I just, I, it's, oh God, somebody, somebody shoot me now. Thank you. Thank you. That makes me feel much, much better. Okay. So now getting into this one. Fed president calls crypto giant garbage dumpster. Yeah, we might as well read all the bad news today. Robert Stevens is writing for Decrypt.co sometime yesterday. The chairman of the United States Federal Reserve may see a future in central bank digital currencies, but his colleague at the Minneapolis Federal Reserve is no friend of crypto. At an event in Montana on Tuesday, Minneapolis Federal Reserve President Neil Kashkari likened cryptocurrencies to a, quote, giant garbage dumpster. I guess this is where we keep the rat poison squared kept. I, I don't know, man. These people just have the worst, the worst insults. Only the U.S. government has the authority to create dollars. That scarcity is in part what makes them valuable. <laughs> Jesus. Sell, sell, sell. God. There are thousands of these garbage coins out there, said Kashkari. And for that, he's actually right about, for about 99.999% of all this bullshit, it is garbage. He said that people have been fleeced for tens of billions of dollars and praised the SEC for getting involved in cracking down on this. Kashkari conceded that something useful might emerge in five or 10 years. But so far, that's all that's emerging is burning garbage and that people are just getting fleeced by nonsense. <laughs> I'm not sure if I actually disagree with this guy, come to think of it. In part, Kashkari is correct. Huge amounts of money have been lost in hacks and scams, but Bitcoin has also made investors hundreds of billions. Bitcoin's market cap is over $170 billion, for instance, and huge companies such as IBM, JP Morgan, and Facebook are all investing in blockchain technology. At the same time as Kashkari's comments, the Fed is working on issuing its own central bank digital currency. At an event at Stanford University's business school last week, Lel Brainyard, a governor of the Fed, is it Brainard? Sorry, it's Lel Brainard, a governor at the Fed, said the bank is conducting research and experimentation related to distributed ledger technologies and their potential use case for digital currencies, including the potential for a CBDC. And just yesterday, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said he shared Brainerd's goals. Quote, we feel that our obligation, technology has now made that possible. I think it's very much incumbent on us and other central banks to understand the cost and benefits of trade-offs associated with possible digital currencies, he said. So there you go. Again, the guy's not, he's not actually wrong. Most of this stuff is garbage. All right. So you take what you want from it, but the, his only, his only problem is that he's going to be including Bitcoin as part of this. And we know better than that because it's not. Uh, okay. Now, uh, two mail bombs explode in Bitcoin scheme, rocking the Netherlands. This is just, that's just bad. This is Daily Hodel. Their staff is writing sometime yesterday that Dutch police are investigating two letter bombs that exploded on Wednesday. The first explosion occurred at a bank. 
and the other at an electronics store. Investigators suspect the incidents are related because each bomb was accompanied by a letter demanding an undisclosed amount of Bitcoin. One bomb was sent to an ABN, AMRO Bank Mail Sorting Facility, at 24 Bolstwin Street in Amsterdam. A mailroom clerk who was handling the package heard a hissing sound and promptly tossed the package aside, and then it exploded. <laughs> Jesus. Police say that minutes later, another package exploded at the Japanese electronics firm's Rico, located 140 miles away in the town of Kirkrod, near the German border. No injuries were reported in either incident, and the explosions were characterized as small fireworks. The blasts are the latest in a spate of mail bombs targeting hotels, mail sorting centers, and other businesses in Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and Utrecht since early January. The extortion letters are reportedly demanding Bitcoin. Bye, bye, bye! Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, it's fair to say that all of these are connected because the same demand was made, but we still don't know who sent it. We are still investigating. That's Amsterdam police spokeswoman. Uh, Lex Van Liebergen. I hope that's, I hope that's correct. I don't like butchering people's names, but it's just part of the show. According to a report by NL Times, the police are not disclosing the amount of BTC demanded or any details indicating a blockchain wallet or method of payment so that the information may be used against an eventual suspect. According to an official statement, quote, the police strongly take into account that the letter found on Wednesday morning in Amsterdam fits in with the series of letter bombs previously sent and found at various locations in the country. The letter in Kirkrod this morning is also part of that investigation. Yeah, that's okay. But again, this is part of the ecosystem in which we exist. There's no getting around it. There, there's just, there literally is no getting around it. It's going to happen. It's just, I wish it didn't because it gives all this shit a bad name, but we're going to have to figure it out. That's, that shit is, honestly, that shit is up to us. Now, this, this is the most somber part of the show, and I'm going to end the second part of the morning roundup with this one. Javier Bastardo is writing for Cointelegraph sometime this morning. Coin Ninja CEO arrested for allegedly laundering 31, oh, sorry, $311 million with Bitcoin privacy tools. Larry Harmon, the CEO of Bitcoin media site Coin Ninja and founder of crypto wallet provider Dropbit, is facing federal charges related to his use of Bitcoin privacy tools. This is a big one, guys. The war has started. Marty's not, Marty Bent is not lying when he says that this war is heating up. We just went hot. We just went freaking hot. United States federal prosecutors are charging Harmon with conspiracy to launder money and operating a money transmitting business without a FinCEN license. According to an arrest warrant filed earlier this month, Harmon allegedly laundered over 300 and 54,468 Bitcoin were 311 million at press time, allowing the users of privacy tool named Helix and a dark net search engine named Grams 
to make transactions on Alphabay, a known dark market that was shut down in 2017. Helix also, or sorry, Helix allowed users to mix the coins before spending through a coin join transaction. The mixing of coins has been associated with money laundering and other illicit activities. Harmon is facing 30 years in prison for the alleged crimes. Journalist and podcaster Peter McCormick reportedly spoke to Harmon's brother, Gary Harmon, who said that Coin Ninja's assets have been frozen and that the FBI has removed $4,000 in Bitcoin from its Lightning Network node. More on this later. According to McGormick, uh, you misspelled McCormick's name, guy. Larry has been denied release on bail because he was deemed a flight risk, even though they have confiscated all his assets. The state attorney's motion to detain Harmon shows that the state believes that Harmon will not reasonably appear in court if permitted a release on bail as he has significant family ties outside the United States and is subject to a lengthy period of incarceration if convicted. Dropbit has gained some attention among Bitcoiners, particularly because it allows the users to send BTC on chain and over the Lightning Network using Twitter handles or phone numbers. Since Dropbit's funds have been frozen, Gary Harmon and its developers are personally funding the wallet's operations, according to Peter McCormick. That's the end of that drop bit. That's what's so freaking. I mean, well, the whole thing is sad, but drop bit has been one of my favorite uh, wallets. It's, it's very slick. It's very cool. And I am unable to get my $12 worth of Satoshis out of it at this time. Uh, it looks like I may very well have to eat that 12 bucks. Why? Because I'm not following my own advice, not your keys, not your coins. It even happens to me. I keep money on these things because I want to use them to have the experience. I'm it's okay. 12 bucks is not going to shoot me. I can take both of my children and myself to McDonald's. Okay. Look, don't, don't you know, stop, dude, stop crying. I just, it's McDonald's. It's, it's yeah, it's shitty ass food, but okay. I have kids. Kids and McDonald's go together like keys and, you know, like peas and carrots, right? I mean, it just, it's, it's just a thing. It, it is. It's just a thing. Uh, but if I were to buy both, you know, Happy Meals for both of them um, and like, I don't know, like, like a bag of fries for myself, I'd be paying about 12 bucks. So don't worry about me. I'm, I'm not going to be living under a bridge because of this. However, it is demonstrative of just what can happen. We are so early in all of this that any one of the functional lightning wallets that I have right now could suffer the same kind of fate. Uh, I don't know. The, the most dangerous thing about this, though, is the coin joining, the mixing, and stuff like that. Again, w the war just went hot. For anybody who's not listening with all ears, the war just went hot. We have just crossed a threshold that we will never be able to cross back over. The fight is real. You're either in it or you're not. I'm in it. I'm in it to the death because I'm just, I'm sick of the way shit's been going. I've been lied to for decades. I've been taught to believe shit that just ain't true. And they're fleecing me for all of my money. And it doesn't matter what country I'm in. All of them are doing it. Some worse than others. But all of them, there's not a country that I know of that isn't jacking their, their economy up in some way, shape, form, or another. 
maybe Switzerland. Okay, maybe, because they seem to actually respect money. That's why so much money was there for so damn long. But be that as it may, again, the war just went hot between the taxes and Harmon getting arrested for laundering $311 million because coin joining and whatnot. It can only mean that the war just went hot. And Marty's, again, I'll go back to what Marty Bent said about this shit. It's like the government just woke up and immediately became scared of Bitcoin. This is now a dangerous hot war. You're either in it or you're not. I hope you're in it because what the hell else are we going to fight for? Fucking Lambos? I mean, come on. Anyway, that's going to do it for the morning roundup. Daily Trainwrecked is brought to you by Daniel Krawitz. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't know, Daniel's been sort of like trying to advocate for that shitcoin BSV over at, uh, he's trying to advocate it for Jimmy Wales, uh, one of the co-founders of Wikipedia. Um, and he gets into, he's been in a, I don't know, I guess an ongoing Twitter thing with Mr. Wales trying to, you know, be, essentially begging him to use BSV to put Wikipedia on the blo- on the BSV blockchain, I just I I don't even know what he says. There's there's several statements that that Daniel has made to Jimmy that just seem nonsensical, but none so more as this. This is a five tweet exchange between Jimmy Wales and and Daniel. Uh, Jimmy says, example one page says that Bob was born on January the third. Another says March first. Clearly a contradiction. Both cite sources. How does blockchain help with that? Clever AI might detect a contradiction. Daniel replies, the AI's neural net could be encoded as a sequence of Bitcoin transactions. Thus, the AI could not be easily manipulated into hurting Wikipedians. Jimmy writes back, have I spent the evening debating a parody account? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. When I was in college, I was, had an, I was doing an English class and we had a paper. I decided to write my paper over the possible, you know, the possibility of encoding your, your own brain into a computer program, which is still a lot of science fiction writers still think about that kind of thing. And it would, you know, it would be difficult. I actually don't think it's impossible, but, you know, we're, talking about, you know, mathematical potentials of, you know, neural potentials and mapping out a neural network and like the the size that you would need for the human brain would be like extraordinarily large. But one of these days, it's probably going to happen. I am not interested in encoding my person, my whole thing into a computer because I don't know, man, that just seems kind of nasty. But the whole notion that it can't, that it probably can be done through mapping of neural potentials and all this other type of stuff. It's not, it's not a complete, you know, fallacy to think about. What is a fallacy to think about is that you can do it using Bitcoin transactions. A UTXO is not the ability to perform a mathematical function other than addition, subtraction, and saving data. That's it. It's no. No, you would have to completely restructure everything about it 
so that each one of those Bitcoin transactions were at the right place and represented the correct potential at the right time. But the problem is, is that you'd have to be able to change those to concur or to, uh, to have concurrence as an algorithm to demonstrate changing neural potentials to demonstrate thought. The very nature of changing a UTXO after it's been put into the blockchain is antithetical to the whole idea. It's ridiculous. I'm not, this is like one of the three things, or this is like the third of something that Daniel said in the last 48 hours or, or a week or whatever that he's been going back and forth with Jimmy Wales that is just stupid. The other one was filtering for child porn after Wikipedia has been put into the BSV blockchain. The whole thing is, it's embarrassing to watch, but whatever, there's your smoldering pile. Man, we're going to need, we're going to need dad says jokes. It's just, it's, we're going to need it. So terrible joke corner brought to you by dad says jokes. My Viagra addiction was the hardest time of my life. I'd, I'd put in the sound effect, but I'm experimenting with the new digital audio workstation. Um, so I don't have it queued up. So to make penance for that, I have another dad says jokes. Yesterday I was washing the car with my son. He said, dad, can't you just use a sponge? But I, yeah, I know it's a terrible, terrible. Oh, the whole thing is terrible. Yes, I am using a new digital audio workstation. I'm trying, I'm trying it out because I just want to do something different. Um, getting back to the seriousness of, of the content of today's show, don't, um, I try to make light of some of these, these things just because everything is so damn serious in the space, but this one's different. Uh, I'm going to reiterate this uh, again. The war went hot. Uh, we woke up to it. Bombs are falling. Guns are being placed. Artillery is being planned out. Um, just, I don't know what to tell you. Get ready. Uh, keep all your shit on hot wallets. Don't be like me. Even though that I'm, again, I, I keep money on these things in small amounts so that I can experiment with them. But every time I do, I run the risk of having somebody who's going to go to jail for 30 years if he's convicted of the crimes that, that Mr. Harmon is, is being, you know, as alleged of committing, um, God, you know, all this stuff between the tax guidance, not being very, you know, guide worthy to Harmon being popped for 300, you know, for selling or, uh, laundering $311 million of, of money <laughs> to drop bit, you know, getting hosed to God only knows what else is going on with that with those things. Um, and you know, it, it's going to be confusing probably from here on out as to what's going to happen. I'm looking at the Bitcoin price right now. We've got a, a pretty good drop. We're back down to 10,192. So either whales are playing around in the water or because of all this turmoil and all the new, like people are waking up to the news as the sun rises across multiple time zones, um, that people are, are panic selling. Uh, don't get into that panic sell shit. Just 
Hodel and plan to fight. I don't know what else to tell you because the fight is the fight is here. It was coming. We always knew it was coming, but we woke up and it was standing on our front porch. With that, I will see you on the other side of this. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.